This is the Pensacola Expert Panel here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. This morning, my guests, Lynette Bledsoe and Michaela McKenna. Um, Lynette, you're a, a child counselor and Michaela, a victim advocate. Uh, today, we're talking about something uh, very serious. I, I, I always like to open with a joke, uh, even though we're talking about something very serious here. I, I didn't have many dates in high school, so this was definitely not a problem for me. But, but we are talking about... Um, you know, healthy relationships and uh, some of the things that kind of can occur sometimes between uh, especially our young people today. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Uh, and, you know, coincidentally with, uh, you know, Valentine's Day in February. So that's a great month to have that. But I'm ready to learn more about this because this was just not even on my radar of things. So um, Lynette and Michaela, thank you so much for being here this morning. How you doing? Thank you for having us. Yeah. Good. Good. How are you? Yeah, don't be afraid of those microphones. Go ahead and get in there. They're not very powerful. So um, so thank you for being here this morning. Um, tell me more about this. Uh, the, the statistic, I'll go ahead and steal it from you so I can uh, take a break after you start talking, is uh, approximately 1 in 12 high school students in the U.S. has experienced dating violence. That uh, That's actually quite astounding. So uh, let's talk about this this morning. Yes, that is a very high statistic. And um, a lot of teens being aware of what dating violence is and what a healthy relationship is, is very important. Yeah. It definitely starts at the that young age when you're in those new relationships, you're new to love, new to the experiences and, and learning um, what could be a red flag, what mm. is not appropriate in relationships. It does right. start, you know, younger and younger these days. And, um, you know, having those, you know, awarenesses of what, is not appropriate in your relationship starting at that young age really does set you forward for the rest of, you know, your future too. So, and, and there's no class on this. The, the last that I checked, I mean, even, you know, sex ed, if you have that in your schools, that's not teaching you about how to date or how to respond uh, yeah. to somebody in a relationship. Uh, and I would think that, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we as kids or, or they as kids see in their home, they bring into the relationship, uh, whether it's healthy or not. Yes, um, exposure. Do you see that Absolutely. a lot? Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. only what's in your home, but everybody has a, a cell phone, an right. iPad, you mm-hmm. know, younger and younger with that, too, is how often you get access to that technology. So what you're seeing there, too. You mean that human relationships aren't uh, depicted accurately on social media? What? It is wild. I know it. The screen does tell lies. Wow. And developmentally, teens look to their peers for mm. guidance. And so if they're gaining incorrect information from those relationships, then that mm-hmm. is not beneficial as well. Right. One of the interesting things that the um, Naval Air Station Pensacola Fleet and Family Support Center, which is where Michaela and Lynette both work, it's a microcosm of a society, meaning you're going to have a million different people from a million different backgrounds all coming yes. through here. Yep. Now, some of those individuals are going to have, um, you know, uh, teens that are getting ready to date just like out in town Mm -hmm. and so what they're tailored around doing is ensuring that it's you know for the fleet and the family and the fighter you know you guys are making sure that uh you're you know keeping the individuals healthy and safe so they can you know do their job at the end of the day one of the interesting things and one thing that i've always noticed about the organization if you guys can tell me a little bit about that is the way in which um you guys have like community partners Absolutely. that you work with all the time. Very close. Yes. And, uh, you know, so how does that relationship go? And, you know, in terms of you, you have a select audience that you're dealing with, you know, but 
people can have questions that could go well beyond your scope. How, do, how do, is that something you guys uh, approach? So we do provide that support for our service members, our active duty family uh, families. And then with those relationships, we're able to connect them through referrals as well as um, reaching out and doing a warm handout to those community partners as well. Yeah, definitely. With such a big military population in the area, people find our phone number even if they are not a DOD ID card holder. Um, they see that these services are offered and they are looking for guidance. Um, if we are not able to provide a service to someone directly at Fleet and Family um, or on the base, we're not going to just send you away empty-handed. We're going to give you that information to any community partner that you know we know um, and work very closely with to make sure that they're connected. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't uh, introduce you there, uh, Bruce Cummings. Uh, Bruce Cummings is here as well uh, with his guests Lynette Bledsoe and Michaela McKenna, uh, a victim advocate, uh, discussing the uh, fleet and family support uh uh, center, and this is all related to teen dating violence awareness, uh, which is something, like I said, it just was not on my radar. I've, it's been so long since I've been out of the dating game, but w- looking at social media and uh, just remembering, uh, you know, how I grew up and how some of my friends grew up in their home lives, I can see how this can definitely uh, make things uh, very dangerous sometimes uh, for young people. What are some of the warning signs? Uh, that we can look for in our in our children and, and especially teens when when they start dating. Uh, yeah, not being able to have those outside interests or outside relationships. So spending um, all of their time together, as well as. Um, not giving them privacy, so an invasion of their privacy, mm. any kind of threats or explosive tempers, mm. um, as well as uh, body shaming or just shaming them and their personality and their demeanor in Mm. any way, Um, stalking or pressuring them. So not accepting that no means no or accepting boundaries. I was just going to say the boundaries one is extremely important. I think, you know, we have to have these relationships with a lot of different people when we're young. We want our friends. We want, you know, different groups of friends with our different activities. Um, And to set those boundaries of I'm with, I'm here right now and I need to focus on this and I don't need all these text messages, especially like we said with the technology, you have essentially unlimited access, not only at school, at your activities, you know, at home. So to be able to set those boundaries and have someone respect them, the disrespect of those boundaries is going to be a big warning sign. And, you know, we do on our social media or on our phones have the ability to share locations, but that's for a healthy um, relationship. Mm -hmm. So having that um, excessive watching and monitoring of locations can become a problem in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And even, you know, if you if you take away their phone and they're working on their tablet or their computer for school, they can still get emails. And and there's all these messaging apps and things that I can't even keep up with. And, and just playing games, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, things like that. Kids can communicate through that. So there's just so many ways that uh, those boundaries can be, you know, stepped over. Um, so uh, those are some of the warning signs. The, the body shaming thing, I think, is really, really big, especially with social media, uh, because, you know, I even see it in a lot of people my age. You know, they have body issues from just looking at social media for a little bit because everybody on there is showing their best self and some of it's, you know, AI generated. And, uh, you know, there's just lots of uh, unrealistic expectations for people. Um, what can we say about healthy relationships when you see a relationship that's actually going well and there's no issues there? What, what are some of those um, qualities there? 
it's going to be kind of the opposite of what we were talking about with the warning signs, you know, respecting each other, um, knowing that you have honest, open communication, that you only have to, you know, maybe express something one time and have that mm-hmm. listened to and heard, um, that you're enjoying the time away from each other without constant check-ins and having to make sure that the other one is okay, you know, constantly. Um, making the mutual choices, like Lynette mentioned earlier, that the no means no. So making those mutual choices together listening, understanding, um, in a courteous and kind communicative way, um, mm-hmm. that's going to be very important. And I would say a big piece is the word, just the control mm-hmm. of not wanting to have that control of the other person or the other person's actions or, or um, demeanor and just being mindful and of their own control of themselves mm-hmm. and um, being that respectful person to the other. I think too, when we talk about teen specifically part of a healthy relationship maybe that the teen feels comfortable talking to their parent or guardian about the relationship that they're in that they don't feel um you know the need to hide something from their guardian that they you know have introduced or maybe they've you know spent time as a family together i think that that shows um that a relationship is is healthy and and moving in the proper direction, um, that they don't have to hide something from their parents. So that's something, you know, at Fleet and Family as part of, um, you know, the the counseling options that we have there, you know, we're working with parents to recognize signs of both healthy relationships within their children and also unhealthy relationships so that they know um, what to look for to make sure that their, you know, teens are doing okay. If you have questions or comments this morning, let us know. 437-1620 is our phone number. Uh, We had a comment here. Uh, These parents were concerned with their teen dating when their daughter was a senior in high school and her boyfriend was two years older. So he was already out of high school, um, constantly texting her when they should be, you know, doing other things. Uh, because she still had schoolwork to do, and this is just definitely something to be aware of. So uh, thank you for your text there, listener. Uh, Where can people find uh, the Fleet and Family Support Center online? So we have our Fleet and Family Support Center website, and also we're really um, big on Facebook and Instagram. We have wonderful uh, media people that are running those. Um, Lynette, do you have the Fleet and Family website or the Instagram? I know the Instagram is FFSC, um, NAS Pensacola. Okay. Yeah. And you can just Google NAS, uh, Pensacola fleet and family, uh, and you should be able to, to find it through that. That's the good thing. We can just yes. always search things. Yeah. And by phone, they can reach us at 850-452-5990. All right. Okay. All right. And uh, like I said, get your questions or comments in 437-1620. It's the Pensacola expert panel here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. My guest this morning, I've got Bruce Cummins and he's brought Lynette Bledsoe, a child counselor, and Michaela McKenna, a victim advocate, uh, talking about um, Violence Awareness Month, Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Um, man, the social media and just the way we can communicate now has just made this so much more complicated than it used to be. Uh, used to, you know, you had to call the person's home and the first person you talked to was either mom or dad. Yes. yes. And now there's just so many ways to get around that. And then at school, uh, you know, the teachers can only do so much. They can only watch the kids so much and they can't monitor every single relationship, even if they know about it. Right. Uh, but what can teachers do? What can they look out for in the classroom? Uh, maybe. Teachers can look for those relationships, um, those uh, that are concerning, and reach out to the student and um, build those relationships and those connections with them so that they're comfortable to come and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Just like parents having that open communication with the children about relationships, like Michaela stated, Mm -hmm. and um, being able to know those resources in the school to connect the students to. Because like you said, they can't... um, 
do as much because they mm-hmm. have their primary responsibility of the teaching. Right. Um, so connecting them to those guidance counselors as well as those other programs there in the school that have the connections to the resources. Mm-hmm. I think teachers being educated on those warning signs as well because, you know, they're in a unique position where they spend a majority of a, stu- a, a young adult's life mm-hmm. with them you know right. they're spending their most time at school so seeing you know yes. do you have to take the phone away or tell them to put it down every are they nervous are their mm-hmm. grades slipping right. are they right. starting to you know not do as well in their other activities um that you know they might have been before so knowing what those warning signs are and then like Lynette said being able to make the the right connections and for us specifically you know we have uh, the population of students that go into the community for school, but then their family is connected to the base. So those families are in a unique position where they need to be connected to multiple resources. Mm -hmm. Um, So making sure that they are aware of the resources that are available on base as well. Mm, Okay. And how, how do parents monitor their teens' social media activity without seeming like an overbearing helicopter parent, but still keeping them safe by watching, you know, just as, as simple as just how their photos are looking? Uh, There are some ways to monitor and to limit the access to the social media, to the internet. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's highly recommended that they do that because so much is there at their fingertips. Um, But then also that communication and um, talking with the children and and asking them um, to look at that uh, opens that conversation back and forth between the parents and children. Um, One of the statistics that's out there is that 58% of parents are not even aware of the signs of dating violence. So as they gain that awareness, they can have that communication with the children and then use that time to monitor and show them so that they're educating them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that starts um, younger than the teenage years. Um, I have a young yes, daughter, she's three, and she has an iPad. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it starts setting those boundaries and those parental guidelines very early because, you know, you give your child access to your phone on the YouTube and the YouTube and they're uh, seeing videos that they um, don't need to be seeing or, you know, if you don't have the right guidelines on that. So that starts as a parent um, with their children being very young. And hopefully if you can start it at that age, as you move forward, you know, your child respects that you're putting those boundaries on there for a reason that mom and dad are following your social media pages. Mm -hmm. Um, You do not get to not have them on there, you know, those types of things. And that the, the child learns to know that, it's not an overbearing parent. It's a protective, caring parent right. or guardian. Right. Yes, because right. they care about them and they yeah. want to set those boundaries because who are the children going to look to to set the boundaries for them if they're not having that right. provided for them at home? Let's talk about some of the effects of uh, dating violence and just uh, you know some of the things we've talked about, body shaming and uh, pressure on social media and uh, in social circles, what are some of these effects that it's having on our young people? So long-term, it has been found that there can be higher um, rates of anxiety as well as depression and the potential of ending up in a relationship in the future that involves intimate partner violence. Mm. Mm -hmm. That is, um, you know, we do offer those counseling services at Fleet and Family as well as other services with finances, Mm. um, you know, different types of uh, learning opportunities there as well. And and it's something that we do see with our clients where, you know, maybe they did not know what a healthy relationship was. They've not ever seen one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that that leads to them needing, you know, help in their adult years as well. So um, it does have a long-term effect on 
you know, individuals if, if it's not addressed in, you know, the younger years as well. Yes. Both Lynette and Michaela and everybody at uh, Fleet and Family Support Center uh, here at, uh, on NAS Pensacola, they're, com- they're completely invested in making sure that the uh, service members, you know, uh, that are their, their client base for the most part, are, you know, just well taken care of. And so throughout the year, you know, there's a variety of different programs that they're always employing. The Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month is just one, but I do know that there's some other months that you guys always uh, look to celebrate as well and just make sure that people know that the resources are there. I mean, on any given day, there's 5,000 students, you know, over there, and the bulk of them are in their early you know, late teens, early twenties, you know, they're going to school. They're just starting out and first time away from home. Maybe what are some of the other programs that you guys offer? Specifically at Fleet and Family Support Center. So we do have the um, financial readiness program, um, you know, for financial planning. A lot of uh, these individuals are getting their first consistent paycheck for the first time in a while. So that's um, available to work on budgeting and planning. We offer the counseling and advocacy program, um, the family advocacy program. There is the employment readiness program as well that, you know, can help with resumes um, for spouses. Um, What else do we have, Lynette? The exceptional family members program, which um, is actually beneficial for uh, people with um, any type of long-term potential disability or medical situation that might need long-term care as well. So we have that program available at Fleet and Family as well. Yes. And uh, we've been talking, because a lot of this information is kind of universal, you know, we're definitely applying this to to everybody, but what are some of the challenges you see specifically with military families and their children in dealing with uh, this issue? Some of the challenges may be because they've recently moved to the area, so Mm. connecting to local resources. And um, so we can provide that connection there, but then also we can provide the support for them right there on the installation. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one of the... Yeah, I think one of the big challenges with military families as well is uh, deployments, right? Right. Uh, Mom or dad or guardian is Mm -hmm. is gone sometimes, sometimes often. Um, And then that leaves one other provider in the home to look out for perhaps multiple children to Mm -hmm. be that sole provider of transportation, meals, you know, all of that stuff. Um, I can speak from my own personal uh, experience. I am a military spouse. It's a lot. And it Mm. becomes, you know, very exhausting to make sure that the parent is getting their own self-care as well as making sure that the that the teens or the young children are also being looked after as well. Um, So I think that, you know, being a transient type population as well as I mean, that applies having them come in and out that Mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult for families to maintain that uh, communication and and self-care. Yes. Mm. Yeah. uh, Stress in the home uh, often leads to, you know, issues like codependency and, you know, low self-worth. And uh, just from the stress of, of having, you know, your parents stressed or one of your parents stressed while the other is away. That's that's definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. What in the future? How? How optimistic are you seeing it? Because this is the first thing that popped into my mind is how do we get this everywhere? How do we make this something in every school system across the country? Well, the Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month is not specific to the military. So right. it is being observed in the community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I believe the, some of the school systems are picking up those relationship classes and trainings. I know um, Santa Rosa County has picked up some for their high school students. And so um, those programs branching out. 
and the promotion of that within the school systems by the guidance counselors as well as those other services that are available in the school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it starts with things like this too, you know, having uh, people on the radio talking right. about it, just sure. bringing awareness, yes. you know, the mm-hmm. to billboards or to podcasts. I mean, podcasts are huge these days. Right. Um, and, you know, having people talk about it so that it's not something that, um, you know, is, is shameful. It's mm-hmm. something that, um, you know, teens, young adults, um, adults, every there are people that experience these things and knowing that you didn't do something wrong if you're a, a victim or if you're experiencing these types of things, knowing that you can talk about it mm-hmm. and there are people who can help is, is very important as a way of getting it started, you know, right. and everywhere. And, I, you know, since I started this show, I do a lot of research. I, I look at what, you know, comes through here that we want to talk about. I, I had no idea that February was Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. And I check that kind of stuff all the time. So it, it's definitely more scarce than, than I'm comfortable with now knowing about this. Yeah. So hopefully that will catch on. And just little things like social media posts, you know, these little blurbs that we read sometimes where we're like, hmm, that, that actually does make sense. Now I see that from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Hopefully teens themselves will start sharing their own testimony and saying, hey, this is what exactly happened to me. If you're experiencing this, this is what I did. This is the healthy way to to deal with that. So hopefully that will be more um, you know, visible in the future, especially online. Uh, we have a text here. I've been seeing an older woman that was in an abusive relationship before me. Um, and we have these major roller coaster rides because she, she said she's waiting for some, something to go wrong. Any advice on how to handle that? Um, somebody who has sort of a, an outlook, like something, something bad is going to happen, um, from prior abuse. That can be one of those long-term effects Mm -hmm. is that expectation of that in relationships um, based on the history of that prior relationship. Mm. Um, And so developing that norm of what a healthy relationship is like will feel uncomfortable. It will feel different because that's not what they've been exposed to and not what they're familiar with. So being able to find the healthy aspects of that relationship, giving it time, they will be able to adapt to that new norm, but they can also reach out for that help from a counselor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about real quick before we run out of time here, some other resources that we can highlight here. The, uh, the national domestic violence hotline, uh, that's uh, 800-799-7299 or text START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. Also, what else do we have there? We have yeah. the National Teen Dating Abuse Hotline or Helpline. That is 1-866-331-9474. Or you can text LOVEIS, L-O-V-E-I-S, to the number 22522. And I really want to highlight the Love is Respect um, website. That is loveisrespect.org. They have a lot of great resources for teen dating, um, safety planning, communication um, assistance. That is loveisrespect.org. And there's also Veto Violence. Um, That is a website with the CDC. That is vetovioence.cdc.gov. And uh, if, uh, if you or someone you know is struggling or having thoughts of suicide, you can always call this the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or just dial 211. And 211 is very valuable because yes. it, they, they can connect you to any resource depending on your specific situation. 
So, uh, guys, thank you so much. My guests this morning, uh, Bruce Cummins, thank you for, for bringing them in, uh, Lynette Bledsoe and Michaela McKenna. The NAS Pensacola Fleet and Family Support Center, uh, your efforts toward uh, teen dating violence awareness. Uh, God bless you for that. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. And I will definitely cover this more as we go on on the show. Thank you. Thank you so for thank you for us. being here today. Uh, stay tuned for more Pensacola expert panel here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable.